Welcome, everybody, to The Readings Podcast, a fortnightly celebration of books. You are listening to Good Cop, Bad Cop. I'm Fiona Hardy, and I work at Carlton and the Doncaster Shop, and I'm also the writer of the Dead Right column for The Readings Monthly. Today, I'm speaking with my colleague, Deborah Crabtree, as well. Hello, everyone. I work at the Carlton Bookshop. And we are talking to Josh Pomare, or JP Pomare, um, about his book, In the Clearing, published by Hachette. We'll also be talking about some upcoming and recent crime reads at the end as well. Um, hi, Josh. Hello. Thanks for hi, having Josh, me. Hi, Josh. Welcome. Having me back on the show. <laughs> yes, yeah, so as Deb pointed out, you are our first repeat offender, our first person who's coming back. You never all. learnt the first time, no, Josh. No, no. <laughs> Welcome. Can't stay out of trouble. <laughs> um, and we thought we'd open, um, would you like to talk a little bit about In the Clearing for our listeners? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, what's it about? Well, it's um, yeah, it's about a well, a young girl and a woman. So, the young girl's name is Amy. Um, she's only known life within a I can I'll just call it a cult, I guess. Yeah. In, a, in a cult, I'm tr- you know you you talk about it and you're like careful not to do spoilers, but I guess that's not really. I feel one, like the it? word was going to come up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so she she yeah, so she sort of exists in a cult that is. Um, uh, and largely inspired by, although not exactly the same as the family cult, um, which was led by Anne Hamilton Burns. So there's lots of parallels. She has a big family of brothers and sisters who were, who've all come to live in this place by different means, but all by uh, dubious means. Um, and the most recent addition to this little family unit is um, a young girl called Aisha. And when Aisha arrives, um, she is she sort of is deeply um, unhappy she didn't leave a she left environment that she really enjoyed living in so she, it raises some questions in amy's mind about the world outside uh so that's amy and then some stuff happens obviously um it being a, a criminal uh, and can't give it away <laughs> uh and the other protagonist freya um exists in a um well like a, a part of society that sort of well she lives in a town that is close enough to the city that it's starting to be affected by gentrification uh, she's she's sort of part of the yoga mums um and but she's in a pretty isolated property on the edge of a state park um and she likes her privacy and it's very uh, evident early on that she has um a previous child has gone missing. When she sees a news story about a girl who's gone missing, um, her fears for her son, Billy, uh, really ramped up and, and it begins to escalate and she becomes more and more paranoid as, um, I guess, as Amy and Freya's stories come close together and eventually converge, that's when things start to really heighten for her. So how did you sort of first come across the family as sort of inspiration for the story when when was your first kind of up you know i'm gonna write about something inspired by this yeah i would be interested to listen to the previous conversation we had again because i feel like back then i had the complete manuscript and i was still quite deep in it you know um i can tell you because i listened to it to see whether to make sure we didn't repeat anything we'd already asked you um you had just been given back your structural notes on the book and you're in the middle of promoting it and also editing it and having very long days yes that sounds about right yeah yeah, yeah. i was very sympathetic on it i remember i remember now uh yeah so you know um it was i think it, i think it's hard to pinpoint the exact thing and I give a different answer every time so I probably seem inconsistent but that's because I'm always trying to think of the exact sort of moment of you know conception for this for this book and this idea and I think it was just the the idea that this 
new age cult was founded by founded and led by a woman, um, which was really really uncommon. I, th- I think there's something really interesting about that the sort of personality and, and how she had such control over people. Um, and so I think it was just this character of Anne Hamilton Byrne. I mean, I I really despised her as a woman for what she did, but I also um, was deeply fascinated by how she did it. Um, and her background and stuff. So I read a book that was out with Scribe last year called The Family. Uh, it was a like brilliant piece of investigative journalism. Um, and I read and reread that and marked it up and sort of that was sort of like my Bible in those early stages when I thought this I was telling the family's story and a fictionalized account. But then as I out of necessity for the sort of genre where it needed to be, you know, really thrilling or gripping or whatever and, have, and twisty. I um, made wholesale changes, and so I still retain that character that was um, based on um, Anne Hamilton Byrne, but I made this really different story. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just that, you know, that, that her as a character, she's so fascinating. Um, also, the fact that, you know, I know cults in general will attract pretty intelligent people, but they're often disillusioned and they're often coming from troubled backgrounds and things. Whereas she was attracting academics, uh, she was attracting people at the, at the peak of their career with families and regular lives and friends um, and bringing them into the fold. And then and that slow escalation that happens in cults where first you come in because you wanted to learn about yoga and yogis and whatever. And then eventually, you know, um, it's you're overdosing on LSD and, and you know, <laughs> um, and, and swapping wives and things and husbands. And, you know, so I, I think it was um, – that was my kind of access point to that story was Anne Hamilton Byrne. But the more I researched, the more I became fascinated um, with it, yeah. Um, actually, I was wondering regarding the kind of having writing about a, a true story, was that were there any legal issues that you had to think about regarding, you know, what you said and what you couldn't say? Yeah, I wonder because <laughs> maybe. Uh, I mean, she, yeah, Anne Hamilton Byrne died last year um, and I think it was July. And so she died about six months before the book came out. Um, and I you know, we might maybe it would be a different conversation if she was still alive. But then again, she was, you know, she had dementia. Um, she didn't know who she was by the end. Uh, but then her estate and all sorts of things, you know, there's there's lots of unanswered questions. But the legal side of it, I have no idea. Presumably it got the pass from Hashett's lawyers. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I think the only, there's two references to the, the family in there and that is the um what is it called at the start epigram no before the prologue uh what's it called if something like that Ugh. can someone google that uh anyway that quote the quote at the start is i love children and hamilton burn um so it's a clear very very uh, overt reference to her there <laughs> um and uh and in the acknowledgments i acknowledge um you know the the book the family that I read a lot and um and you know so there's I think those are the only two references um it's pretty clear that it's you know inspired by but um it's I think you get a free pass when you put it at the start all all characters whatever uh, you know maybe I'm maybe this is will eventually be used as evidence and caught me <laughs> talking about uh <laughs> family but um yeah no like, like everyone else and everything else is sort of you know um, fictionalized for sure. 
in that because it's a pretty full on story. I've sort of been interested in it as well, and it's um you just sort of wonder what's stranger, the fiction or truth in this, this story. Did you just sort of explore that a little bit with the writing? Yeah, or? I mean, so what? So I was always fascinated. I think so much fiction emerges from the unknowns of real stories, if that makes sense. So like Wolf Creek. For instance, like that's, have you guys seen that movie? That's yes. not real. That's not what happened. Um, and that that's just uh, that's just a you know imaginative writer saying what what if oh what if it was this what if what if he lived here or whatever. Um, and so I, it was for me you know there were certain things like there were certain really easy questions to ask that my mind naturally went to is like well what if she doesn't actually have dementia, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, that's impossible, I'd say. Um, it's a medical diagnosis. But, you know, uh, what about, you know, she still had people visiting her at the end. Like, why? Why are they still visiting? Are they loyal to her or are they trying to get their hands on some of the assets that mm. she accrued? Um, wh- was there any um, unrecorded deaths or incidents? At, you know, um, because it's, it's that thing about memory is and, and was well, one, you're relying on the memory of, um, witnesses in the form of young children who were routinely um, given psychedelics and routinely sort of punished and tortured and so on and so forth. So um, to rely on their memory to tell the a pretty complete story, that's why so many, I think, that's why it was so difficult to get a prosecution for that um, from Anne Hamilton Burners because they the, the cops didn't want to put the kids on the stand because what they presumably all had different stories and also it it's extremely traumatic thing to relive and to, to make them relive. Um, so, yeah, so I think um, it is very, it was a very full on story. Um, and it was for me, it was about finding a fictionalized um, retelling that would, would sort of fit in this genre as well. So there's thrilling aspects about what happened in the cult, but so much of it's unknown that, that all the best bits would have been missing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What were some of the differences for you between book one and book two in your life, in like in the writing and in the research and everything? Yeah, it probably didn't sound like it last time we talked, but um, I had more certainty about my vision for the book, for sure. So, uh, you know, there was there were some big edits that were made, but um, it was pretty close. The, the original draft that I sent them was pretty close to what we ended up with. Um, we did make some, yeah, some big changes. Plot-wise, in terms of all the pieces, they were all in place uh, very early on. So um, what happened with Evie, I think more so was I had this vision for the book and then I had lots of voices in the room and I wanted to please everyone and I just sort of got, I guess, confused and it was was a lot more difficult to get that kind of cohesive whole um, in terms of my vision, if that makes sense. And I think the longer you have a consistent vision for a book, the better that you're going to, well, the, the deeper your imagining of it is going to be because you've inhabited this place with these same people and the same story for so long that it's just sort of tweaking. Whereas with Evie, we were changing characters, we were changing so much so late in the piece that I felt like by the end of it, it was, um, I was so intellectually fatigued by the story that I just trusted everyone else. Whereas with this, I think more than anything I had, a really, really deep imagining of certainly the setting, um, but also, you know, the, the, the key players in the story, the characters. Uh, I uh, Karat, so for instance, I had such a clear vision of him. And I, th- I feel like in my mind's eye, I don't see characters that clearly. 
but I could see his face the whole time and his height and his presence and stature and so on and so, so forth. So he's one of those characters that I think will stay with me for a long time. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably the biggest difference was just tr trusting that that vision I had, that initial kind of vision for the book and trying to stick as close to that for as long as possible. I was sort of interested in, because both of your books are very, very strong female you know, protagonists through it. So your what is it about the female protagonist that you you know you find because you you're obviously drawn to it as a yeah. writer you know why is that um yeah it's funny because i get this question a lot and it's one of those things that i'm sort of still kind of trying to understand myself um what i would say is i think i'd write female characters better than i do male um i also find that in i find that it's men don't typically have the sort of problems that I want to investigate or interrogate, if that makes sense, um, and the same sort of challenges. So even things like, I mean, I was talking to, um, I was I was talking about it in an event recently with Mike Robertham, and I was trying to, I couldn't probably get the words out, but I was, it's like if I go for a run, I don't even think for a second about it. I can go any time of day, any time of night, wherever I want. And, you know, I know it's cliche to say, but that's that's certainly not something that women can do. And so stuff like that, certainly in this genre, you know, um, and it's you can't point to that from a male's perspective. If you inhabit a male's perspective, um, you something – you know, like they naturally aren't going to think about that. They're not going to be paranoid or afraid about that. So I think there's an element of that as well is that it is – it does lend itself to um, – great access to these to these things as well um the other thing i would say is i have been writing the third book from a male's perspective and it's um you don't ask about it third uh, <laughs> it's third person because i can't i just i just don't gain anything from being inside his head um which is really weird and it's kind of uncomfortable and hard to write but it's yeah um and maybe it's something to do with the character i don't know but i also find the voice of freya I love the voice of Fran. I love the voice of Evie, um, and I don't love this guy's voice so much. Mm. That actually mm. does make for a pretty interesting idea. So, can you tell us a bit more about, about book three? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's due today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got until midnight, so um, it's pretty. I mean, this is the first draft. It's due, so it's likely to, there's going to be lots of changes. I'll say sneak peek. The very first chapter is. Um, is about my publisher's probably going to kill me, but uh, it's um, a man checks into an Airbnb, just a normal guy, and he wheels his suitcase into the Airbnb, finds the keys in the lockbox, <clears throat> and then when he gets inside, he unzips his suitcase, and inside is just lots of power tools, boxes, cables, um, like a saw, like a little jab saw thing, um, and then he just unpacks the boxes unpacks the tools and has a little step ladder um and he just walks around the this little airbnb and looks at all all the furnishings and things and then just begins setting about drilling tiny cameras into like all the rooms the bathrooms the bedrooms the, the lounge the kitchen uh and installs his little router in the wall and has some paint and he sort of um, spends a long time setting this place up with all these cameras. He drives across town to a um, key cutting place and has identical keys cut and goes and puts the old ones back. Uh, and then he goes, packs all the stuff up. He waits for the paint to dry because he had to paint over something he put in the wall. 
Um, and then he and then he leaves, and then the next day he checks out on the, on the app on Airbnb. So that's the first chapter. So um, he's not the protagonist, but um, it's about yeah, essentially about Airbnbs, the gig economy, and um, some of the ways that people can make themselves vulnerable in the in the in the gig economy. Um, I was going to say, do you have any advice for first time authors as now a two book author, soon to be a three book author? Uh, <laughs> Well, do I? Yes. Um, we've got loads, actually. Bring it on. Uh, no, I don't really. I don't know. It's a hard question because I get a lot of advice and I try not to. I mean, everyone's heard it all, you know, like there's like show don't tells, like, you know, how, how base do you go? Um, what I would say, I mean, for me, what's, what's working at, at the moment is um, really practical advice. Just listen to movie soundtracks when you're writing. And it's actually, that's good advice, yeah. Like, I don't know, I'm like, that's what I'm doing and, it, and it's working at the moment. Movie soundtracks are awesome, yeah. Any you can recommend? Well, I like Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack. Cause it's, it's a good movie. And it's so intense um, and you it gets your heart rate up and you kind of like, it makes you anxious and then you should hopefully some of that. Well, if you're, write, if you're writing thrillers, maybe less so for other genres. I don't know. I also listen to... Um, Lord of the Rings soundtrack's really good. Uh, sometimes Harry Potter a little bit. But then you can get these massive playlists that have just got loads on. Like I've got like a nine-hour playlist of just soundtracks, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of recommendations, we thought we'd kind of start talking about some other things we might have read and are looking forward to reading as well for the podcast. Um, uh, Deborah, have you got any uh, books you've been reading recently that you've liked? Well, as far as crime books, I haven't been reading as much as you, Fiona, but I have read the um, new Devla McTurnan that's coming up next month. It's due out, which I loved, really loved. I did read the Gary Disher um, piece book, which I enjoyed. That's been out for a little while. Um, also, The Godmother, the um, Hannah Law Cares. I'm not sure how to pronounce her surname, but that's what I would have said. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really fun as well. Yeah, I read that one. You? Yeah, I read The Godmother too, and it's a really enjoyable, strange little book. Like it's fun, it's quirky, it's quite short, which I like because mm. I've got always got a lot to read, so I'm always happy to read something that's short. Um, yeah, and it's kind of um, French, and uh, there's um, ugh, what am I trying to say? Organized crime going yeah. on, and a, yeah, a woman who's working for the police, but then also takes the side of the criminals, and that was a really yeah, enjoyable book. That idea. one, yeah. Um, I also really liked True West by David Wish Wilson, which is a That's really great on my to read list. Yeah, I mean, that yes. was a really good one about a teenager who's trying to escape from one bad situation, lands directly into a neo-Nazi situation in 1980s Fremantle. Um, and yeah, there's also Christian wife, Christian, <laughs> Christian <laughs> White's yes. wife and the widow, <laughs> um, which is another really yeah, great yeah, read. Um, and also Shark Arm, which I'm reading at the moment, which I've completely forgotten the author's names of, but it's a true story based on a case in, uh, 30, 1930s, I think early, uh, um, 20th century in Kuji Aquarium, they catch a shark and they put it on display for everyone. And then one day the shark regurgitates an arm just floating there in the <laughs> water with a tattoo on it of these two boxes and so therefore they locate the owner well they they find out who the owner of the arm was and um have to try and figure out what's happened it's a true story oh, and this wow. was a um there's been a few books about it and this is the most recent one it's pretty fascinating like it's just such a gruesomely entertaining <laughs> beginning to a story so yeah i quite like that one too so yeah 
What about you, Josh? Are you reading anything good at the moment? Um, have you read? Yeah, uh, I read. It's not out yet, but um, the animals of that country. I think it's called Jean. Jean I forget her name. Laura Jean Mackay is her name. I've just remembered miraculously. <laughs> uh, no, that's a really great book. Um, yeah, I love that. And I read recently. Uh, good Girl, Bad Girl, The Robo, Michael oh, Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robo. <laughs> that is – I feel like I'm the only one who calls him that. He said I can call him that. <laughs> I thought everyone did. Uh, the, what else did I read? I read something else really good. Oh, what's uh, the Rachel Cusk, the first one, the outline? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That was great. And I haven't been reading that much actually. That's like that's like four months worth of reading basically because I've been trying to write this book. Um, but, yeah, not much crime lately. Yeah, I think it's hard, isn't it, when you're trying to write something but at the same time trying to read because you know it's good to read, to research, but also you don't have any time because mm. you're trying to write. Like it's, you know, yeah. work and it's, you know, it's a hard to juggle everything at this, you know, at the same time, I agree. I did audio book and I won't say what it was, but I didn't love it. It was in a British book anyway, so it doesn't matter which was a crime novel and I'm audio booking the Crawdads book because oh, yeah. I kind of hated the start um, when I read it and I was like, I can't get into this. And then everyone's like, oh, you have to get through the start. I'm like, oh, I'll just audiobook it so I can at least listen to it when I'm running. And um, it's, uh, yeah, the narrator's very, like, southern, you know, like, but then it's kind of distracting. I, I want, like, a, I want a neutral Australian accent reading it to me. Right. I, don't want, I don't want an actor that's distracting that's me. That's the, the dilemma with an audiobook. If you, if you can't sort of click with the voice or if there's something irritating about it, you're not going to be able to get into the, yeah. the novel maybe. I have... Um, Recently wrote a uh, actually you won't like this because it's it's an Amazon com- company but um Audible uh, like a Audible original um, and how should are going to publish it I think at the end of the year um, and it's really sh- quite short but I got to talk with the person doing the voice the voices and she's amazing and um and like with the other audiobooks for Evie and, and Clearing you get like snippets and stuff along so you can hear and like you kind of they probably don't care which one you choose, but they, they'll send you a few and you say, oh, I like the sound of that. And it's usually the one that someone's already suggested they liked anyway. So, um, but with this, we, um, I consulted. So she was, she was doing these voices and, um, I was like, and it's, I was gobsmacked because you like hear them on the thing and you're like, like how, how's one person doing that kind of thing. But when someone's talking to you and they're just, making slight adjustments to like like so there's like a working class irish accent i just put it in there because i like the irish accent uh there was um there's like five uh women between the ages of like 17 and 20 and they all had really distinct voices and i was like how do you and they're all australian i was like how do you do that how does this and so like even there's a couple of like men that are all about the same age that and she again all distinct voices and they all sound exactly like it so i've I have more admiration for voice actors now after hearing that, but still some accents I'm like, don't, please. I'd always really wanted to listen to Lincoln in the Bardo on the audiobook because apparently it's got 164 actors or something ridiculous. (laughs) And they're all like, there's like 20 of them are famous, famous American actors and it was such a great book. I really need to get my hands on that that, actually. Yeah, yeah. because it's like the Daisy Jones and the Six was an amazing audiobook. Would have been. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So I think some, if there's loads of actors, I think sometimes it can be really cool as well. Hmm. 
Um, and also we might have a little bit of a chat about some upcoming books that we're looking forward to as well, which I guess you've kind of included with that one if it's coming out later in the year as well. Um, but um, where did I put my piece of well, paper? Go, Deb. I can go. I've got a couple that I really, really want to read. Um, the Ruth McIver, I Shot the Devil, which I feel like I've been waiting for since it won the Rochelle Prize a couple of years ago now. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, also hearing about The Safe Place by Anna Downs, mm, which sounds good. really good, and it's set in rural France and I'm a bit of a francophile so you know who doesn't it is a good great, I've, read it? I've read it it's oh, pretty good, good yeah good. and i've got the roof mckiver but i keep um putting off yeah. i've got to read that as well yeah um i'm also looking forward to ellie marnie's book none shall i sleep um none shall sleep sorry so she writes for young adult authors but she's very crossover because her, her um teenage authors are like on the cusp of adulthood and I think she's one of the very few like because kids really want to read crime books we get them in a lot yeah. and they're asking to read crime and we don't have a lot to offer them that's really crimey but this is pretty juicy she can go a little bit gruesome too like huh. yeah. I read one of hers and I was like oh, oh, do I need to have a bit of a cry about this um and so she's got a book coming out and it's um I think it's set in America and set in 1982 and it involves two teenagers that start working for the FBI one of them's the survivor of a serial killer and another one's about to become a US marshal like in training and they team up and so they've come like a bit of a Holmes Watson team and um yeah, don't have to try and figure out who's now committing some murders. And that just sounds pretty That's exciting. a cool yeah. setup. It I is, wanna read it? this yeah. book. And I've read her every series as well, and it's really good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And there's also um uh, Gathering Dark by Candace Fox. And I've read oh, some yeah, of her books in the mm. in the past and she's really great. She also co-writes with James Patterson sometimes, and this is like or set in America because she's Australian but she's living, I think, in L.A. at the moment mm. and um, it's like a team-up of a few, like there's like an ex-con and their cellmate and then a, um, a detective that's unhappy and they all kind of team up as well with an underground figure as well and to try and find a missing girl and I love a team-up. <laughs> like, some different people, oh, yeah, very juicy. And um, another one as well was uh, 50-50 by Steve Kavanagh which had a really interesting um, setup, which was that um, – a sister has just found, uh, sorry, a woman has just found a mutilated body of her father in the house and she knows that her sister did it and that her sister's still in the house. Mm-hmm. At the same time, her sister has just found her father's mutilated body in the house, knows that her sister did it <laughs> and knows that her sister's in the house and then we come to the court case where both of them accuse each other. Which one did it? Uh-huh. Great setup. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that as well, along with so much other stuff. Like I have piles next to my bed and it's just all too exciting. <laughs> Yes, um, I think that's kind of about to wrap it up, Josh. Thank you so much for being with us today. That's all right. Thank Thanks you. so much for having me. It was uh, it was fun. You can stream previous episodes of The Readings Podcast on our website where you'll also find all kinds of bookish recommendations and plenty of great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to the e-news or to receive our free monthly print newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The music for this podcast has been recorded by Tom Hoskins and this episode has been produced by Grant Overend. All of our podcasts are recorded and produced on the lands of the Kulin Nation. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and the sovereignty was never ceded.